fall. But there's lots more stuff in the labor and community studies. It's free, thanks to the Free City College. Hopefully, there's a, there is a ballot measure for, nine, for 2019 that is going to uh, basically determine whether the funding for Free City College for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has a letter yet, but you should definitely keep that in mind oh, and go yeah. out there and vote for that, because I think it's for November. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, keep an eye out for that, because otherwise, we're not going to have Free City College. Yeah. And also, it's uh, folks can still register for spring classes, so if you check out CCSF. There's lots of different classes folks can take. So yep, any yep. listeners out there who are interested, uh, highly recommended. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ugh, yeah. yeah. So we can um, take a bit of a music break or unless there's anything else right now that comes to mind. Super casual here. Uh, <laughs> if I, I'll just keep on mentioning that forever. Okay. You're <laughs> um, listening to the Weekly Review on Mutiny Radio and we'll be back in just a bit.
and welcome back. I am joined here by Shanti Singh. And uh, one topic I uh, thought we could discuss would be prison abolition. Yeah. How do we how do we get there? Um, oh man. So I want to preface this by saying that uh, I am not the prison abolition expert in DSA, although in SFDSA, although I very strongly believe in it, um, in the cause for prison abolition. It's one of the few things that National DSA has adopted as a policy, like as a priority. You're saying like we as an organization stand for that. We voted on that last year. Um, there are some folks who don't believe in that in DSA, but I think for the majority, uh, we do, and that's something that we felt strongly enough about, including uh, also BDS, um, as something that we believe in, and, and like as a, as a whole national org. Um, but yeah, it's been... I think I think DSASF has been a pretty always been a pretty vociferous uh, proponent of prison abolition, and we've been having you know sort of more workshops and stuff to to work with people on what that is and what that really means. But you know, I think um, <laughs> how to get there that's a really it's a really tricky question um, or not tricky question. It's such a it's such a big question. Um, Honestly, like I, I think it's it's something that's starting to pol- prison and police abolition yeah. is starting to make it's starting to the, the the number one argument. You know, there's always the kind of the, the most simplistic argument against, like for example, when you ask, say, like we should have Medicare for all, and someone says, how do you pay for it or something? You know, for prison abolition, in my experience, it's always been like, you know, well, what are you going to do with like rapists and murderers and stuff like that? And it's kind of like, it, or you know, you're just going to have nothing, like no system if like punishment at all or or like you know so the the couple of things that i think like help too is first of all just saying uh, it's a compelling argument i think people are starting to see that more and more it's like oh well this system is not really designed to catch rapists and murderers right um especially from a i think the the sort of like mainstream kind of like feminist like more liberal consciousness but the, you know people getting even outraged about that like that that stanford guy who like got off like for after three months of oh, raping brock somebody turner, yeah. brock turner etc but I, one thing that i feel like i've noticed more and more is that that people are starting to see not just through like Black Lives Matter and seeing police brutality in their faces on video in the news, etc. But, but also seeing more, um, also seeing that from like also the Me Too angle and you know the the sort of angle that like no one really like you can pretty much get away with anything if you're if you're like because of patriarchy because of like class like politics because of all of that. Um, so I, I think that's more. I don't know. I think there's more of a sort of a consciousness among like, you know, I I hear more again, this is totally anecdotal, but I definitely hear more sort of just being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, police don't like they're not there to actually mete out justice in any sort of real way or anything um, among among regular people. But I mean, yeah, it's um, (laughs) it's such a it's such a big question. I think the way that like, you know, us as a small group of socialists can do handle it is just trying to have that as our practice in terms of like how we evaluate all the the work that we do whether um whether it's like helping uh for example like let me thinking about projects that our justice committee is working on um helping support kevin cooper who's been wrongfully imprisoned and on death row for a really long time um or you know potentially doing like mutual aid serve the people projects or doing coalition work with folks like justice for maria woods etc i think it's a it's it's good to always put the idea out there, but I think right now in terms of what you can actionally do about it, it's that there's always going to be, or not always going to be, but like wherever you are, there's, 
police brutality happening. There's mass incarceration happening. And I, I think the best thing that for people who do sort of are starting to see the logic of abolition mm-hmm. to do is just plug into plug into those movements like mm-hmm. Mothers on the March, which is at 850 Bryant every Friday, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to talk more to Justice for Mario Woods Coalition, et cetera. If you're, if you're in the East Bay, the Anti-Police Terror Project. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think it, it can take a it take in a range of forms from direct protests to uh, to like serve the people mutual aid programs. Um, DSA did a bunch of brake light clinics. Oh yeah, that anti police terror project. To their credit, they're the ones who taught us how to do it. <laughs> yeah, um, but a bunch of DSA chapters are are going around and doing that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's the it's most the the most success of I've sort of had is in terms of trying to point out that the nature of the carceral state. To, to people who aren't already dyed in the wool mm-hmm. Marxists um, comes through all of the stuff that's happening like yeah through through me too through what's happening at the border um, and and also just what's happening here in San Francisco every day which people just kind of ignore and walk by every time SFPD's busting up an encampment etc yeah um, there's it there's lots of examples I think to, to kind of that show people how much this is not about justice in any way shape right. or form um but yeah what's the yeah. yeah that that that's my sort of rambling way of saying there's i'm just trying to attack it from all angles yeah i think the thing that comes up for me a lot is that the people in positions of power are the ones who are the ones causing the harm whether it's the war criminals or right, certain people right. being elected into office or some folks in law enforcement exactly like they're the ones who are committing these really heinous crimes in the first place yeah yeah exactly you know getting millions of people killed for yeah no fucking reason um, yeah, but yeah, there's still, there's still, there's still a long way to go on that. I think it's just, a, it's amazing to me, honestly, how many people have just even taken the existence of ice as conventional wisdom, like a thing that didn't exist in my living memory. I'm mm-hmm. 28. Like it's existed since I was like, what? 11, like September yeah. 11th. Yeah. After September 11th is when they founded DHS and people uh, were like, well, like we don't, we can just reform do ice. We don't have to abolish ice. Like uh, I think abolish ice is only popular with i want to say like 30 percent of democrats or something which means the rest of them are like well ice is really bad we should like make them be good and i was like this shit didn't exist like right 15 years ago what the fuck like you, you don't need this like so that that's 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 really <laughs> that's really difficult is just the sort of conventional wisdom of like we have to have we have to have prisons for the rapists and the murderers and we have to have borders so we can't let everybody in like yeah yeah that's always going to be that's always going to be an issue but it's just trying to target that materially and you know a lot of that that's what those movements are already doing like you know mothers on the march yes mm-hmm. they're they're mothers of people victims of police brutality or, or relatives of victims of police brutality but they have a concrete demand and it's no new jail shut down the jail at 850 yeah. bryant no new jail and you know um we just need more people joining in that you know that's a that's a that's a local abolitionist demand basically mm-hmm. And I, that's something that is really resonant, and I think that people can, people can plug into and, and show out to support them because they could really use that support. It's another another plug. Yeah. Yeah. And you, earlier you mentioned the name Kevin Cooper, and yeah. I'm unfamiliar with Kevin's case. Um. So again, I'm going to like you probably botch this, but um, yeah, he was basically. I mean, he was he was wrongfully framed for murder, but when he went on trial, even the uh, even the even the judge, I believe, like 
actually said, I don't actually think that the sentencing, like, I don't actually think this guy did it. I believe they caught some of the uh, cops and prosecutors, uh, like, kind of tampering with evidence. Um, <sighs> but, you know, he was still on death row. There's bas- He's basically been asking... If not for if not for you know clemency, but for at least a new DNA test, mm-hmm. a new DNA test will exonerate him yeah. almost definitely. Um, and you know, speaking speaking of the Democratic Party, um, one of the the, the people who uh, completely ignored his case and for or his request to get a new DNA test in his case for a long time, completely shut it down was Kamala Harris. Um, and now I think I, I now I believe she said something about it, um, which was like, yeah, you know, DNA testing for people like Kevin Cooper, because, you know, she has presidential ambitions, but she didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the good news is, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago that uh, Jerry Brown actually did order like as part of his sort of last round of giving clemency to people mm-hmm. and um, was uh, he ordered a new round of DNA testing for him, which is great. And like. It's really it's been really cool as a DSASF our justice committee has been hosting or like they do, they've done a couple things where he'll like live from death row where he'll video conference in and talk to people and answer their questions mm-hmm. and stuff and I'm just like I'm like seriously amazed by his like his resilience he's been in behind bars for a really long time. Yeah. I think longer than I've been alive potentially. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm very glad that this new DNA testing was ordered. No thanks to Kamala Harris. I'm, yeah. If she brings him up during her campaign, I'm going to be so pissed off. I, I, yeah, I'm not, not a fan of the Democrats here. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, so, I mean, I feel like I should also not have hope or faith in folks who constantly disappoint. And at the same time, there's that part of me that, like, the, the Charlie, Charlie Brown in the football who's like, maybe this time. And then it's like... It's very it's a, rarely. It's okay to be. I don't know. It's okay to be excited about people. Like I get excited about Ocasio Cortez. Yes. Yeah. Same. I do. Like the, some of the stuff she's doing is really exciting. Um. You know. But you know, elected officials are always going to be part of the power structure. Yeah. I, I say this like I'm actually to be make it super uncomfortable now. I'm actually kind of running as one, not really as an elected official, but you know, it, it, I'm running uh, next week as actually as a part of a coalition of like labor folks and some progressive people as like just to be like a delegate it's like a private election and you're a delegate to the democratic party and what that basically means is you get to vote on all this stuff mm-hmm. um you don't get to vote on candidates or like you know like we're not going to it's not about like bernie versus whoever um although i mean i if i have to pick one of them i would pick bernie um, but, you know, it's more about, like, we, you know, saying what the California Democratic Party, like, they like Costa-Hawkins repeal or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, you know, um, we, we want universal rent control. Yeah. Uh, we want to abolish ICE. We want a Green New Deal. I mean, yeah. that's what we're saying. We want to end homelessness, homeless sweeps across yes. the state. Yes. So that's that's kind of, like, what that group of folks is running on. But that's yeah. great. But, yeah, it is still going into the, the, the maw of the Democratic beast, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's always it's it's always like you have to be we all have to be realistic about you know what elected officials are are gonna do for us. But I think um, the best sort of the best thing quote I kind of heard about that kind of described how I feel sometimes as a fairly pessimistic person as well was from um, Yanis Varoufakis, who's like the old uh, he used to be the Greek economy minister. Mm-hmm. I think he was with Syriza, and he kind of like was like let's get the fuck out of here after this. They kind of after Syriza said we're gonna fight austerity, and then they didn't fight austerity. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that he I heard him say recently was he was like you know um, like. 
like all elections are betrayals. That doesn't mean that we don't do them. Revolutions eat their own children. That doesn't mean that we don't do them. Mm-hmm. And I think that pretty much sums up how I feel about it. Yeah. 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 That's good. I have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I do. And I do feel like there's like anything we can do, like diversity of tactics. Right. In order right. to move things forward. And at the very least, it pushes the other folks, either the more mainstream or centrist, it pushes them leftwards to at least have arguments for right. what should be. Right, right. And I don't think I don't think DSA would have any success as an organization if it didn't embrace a diversity of tactics. Mm-hmm. A diversity of tactics of course doesn't mean like every tent has poles, you know. It doesn't mean like a like diversity of ideology to the point where people are like, yeah, well, I'm a capitalist, but I'm going to be I'm oh. a capitalist in DSA. <laughs> like, no, you can't be. But um, <laughs> But, but yeah, we don't really, I, I, we've been a pretty broad organization and, you know, I think we've tried to be more, like, we, we've tried to keep it that way so that people feel that they can engage with organizing practices and ideas, especially because a lot of people are coming in DSA being like, we're like their gateway drug to socialism, mm-hmm. right? Um, coming in sort of having a vague idea of what that is, but maybe not really fully understanding what socialism is, but still being able to plug into plug into stuff and actually, you know, as long as we're thinking about, you know, as long as we have in the background, like, is this building power for the left? Is this building working class power when we do projects, when we organize, you know, that gives people an opportunity to come in and and engage with socialism Mm -hmm. in a way that they probably, it doesn't, you don't have to like read a set amount of like capital before you, before you sign up. Yeah. Although it's cool if you do. Yes, yes. So for folks who are interested in, in joining up, I know you mentioned that there's a few different committees already, but are there f- ways folks can like tune in either if they're local or? Yeah, I mean, we have lots of, there, any any sort of direct like actions and stuff we undertake, well, a lot of them are, are pretty much like open to the public. It's not necessarily like you can't come do um, some sort of public work unless you're a member of DSA just mm-hmm. because we're spearheading the action itself. Um, so, I mean, the easiest thing is just to follow us on social media. We're always constantly talking about ways to get plugged in. For example, you know, one of the things that we tried to do is we did when, when local two, uh, the hotel workers union yeah. went on the Marriott strike. Um, one of the things we tried to do to get DSA to show up for local two, um, was a, uh, a, it was like a first timers strike challenge. So mm-hmm. we're like, let's try to get 20 first time strikers. Those are picket line supporters this yeah. week or whatever. Um, it's just, and that, that actually was really effective in getting people to come out and DSA people even like adopted uh, a one picket line somewhere in Soma. Um, but we go to, we go to other ones, but it was great because, you know, people like a lot of people had never been on a picket line before mm-hmm. and they're going to be on a lot more picket lines before things are, before things get better. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I think we've always tried to be open in that way and get people to engage with whatever makes them feel what makes them feel comfortable, but also what makes them feel uncomfortable. Right. Like, but, um, and I think as long as we do that, hopefully, you know, we'll continue, we'll continue making an impact, but yeah, DSA, of course, we're constantly going to have to, like, we're living under capitalism and we're living in a democratic machine city. Mm -hmm. We have to constantly, you know, be skeptical of ourselves and evaluate, evaluate what we're doing. But, um, I think having that strategy of openness, but also of doing a lot of community solidarity work with marginalized communities, with marginalized groups all over the city and and rooting, rooting our coalition building in that. I think that's, I think that's the way to go. And I think hopefully that'll, that means we can get a lot more done in the next year. 
yeah yeah well i'm looking forward to seeing what's next yeah well there's lots again we have so many committees yeah there's always something going on at our office we're at 3 350 alabama street not too far from mutiny radio actually um but if you follow yeah follow us on social media on facebook or twitter democratic socialists of america san francisco um i think we're dsa underscore sf on twitter um but we're always posting stuff that people can go to and get involved in and there's something going there's like 10 things going on every day so oh excellent yeah cool well i'm happy to you know share uh, events in the future too awesome awesome yeah. yeah yeah anything else you'd like to share um no it's just gonna yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure your listeners probably are preaching to the choir but yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely a dark time, but I am really, really, really heartened and amazed by all of the work that DSA has done, not just ballot, ballot measures, but like actual like base building and organizing, you know, helping like like helping organize around in, in Bayview, helping complexes like Midtown and the Fillmore, um, which is something I work on a lot from mm-hmm. like, you know, trying to help them support them and not being demolished by the city. Yeah. Um, which they're not being demolished by the city, but the next push is they deserve cooperative ownership. But there's, there's always, there's so many things that like are in my head right now that I'm not even mentioning, you know, um, the Lynetic strike, like helping or the you know, local two strike or helping, you know, uh, like the, like unionized tech workers who got fired or, um, labor solidarity yeah labor solidarity tenant organizing abolitionist organizing you know um showing up against like shitty police policies um there's pretty much any anything you want to do in dsa um you can pretty much do it so that's an excellent plug yeah yeah cool and you mentioned uh the tech workers organizing getting fired can you speak more a bit a, yeah, about yeah, that? yeah. So um, there was so Lanetics was the name of the company or Lanetics. Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but um, some of their engineers tried to unionize. They basically fired them all. They won. They won a lawsuit. Um, but you know, I think uh, a bunch of DSA folks like sort of marched and, and protested them in solidarity with Tech Workers Coalition, mm-hmm. um, trying to sort of defend their right to organize. You know, again, like it's it, tech workers are incredibly and i used to i used to be one so that's why i'm saying this but you know the idea of tech workers like there's so little labor solidarity in that sector Mm -hmm. and i honestly think that if there were more labor solidarity between tech workers that maybe they would start to under have a little more solidarity with folks outside of the tech industry yeah right it's they're very like it's very atomized like being a tech worker in like silicon valley in the bay area you're very sort of transient like you're here for a few years maybe get relocated to seattle you're not really invested in your community Mm -hmm. Um, and, and again, there are tech workers who are the exception, but they're the exception that proves the rule, right? Including like the folks at Tech Workers Coalition who are amazing. You're starting to see more stuff there with like the Google walkout, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, I think some one of the organizers of Google walkout just quit this week because Google absolutely did not <laughs> do shit. Um, you're starting to see that more, but uh, reason I, the reason I'm hopeful about stuff like that is that I actually, I really do think that when you start to, when you start to like practice and build solidarity at even the smallest level, like I think you, it does make you a lot more aware of what's going on at a much bigger level. Um, which hopefully I think as someone who works and does a lot, a lot of anti-gentrification solidarity work with mm-hmm. DSA is a lot of what like, what I do personally, um, it is I think incredibly important because a lot of people just do not fucking get it. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and I was also thinking recently about the that Google was I think I forget how many billions of dollars that they are keeping offshore, like in Bermuda oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is not a surprise. And then it's also thinking about how uh, Muni could be totally not only could workers from Muni get raises, but like Muni could be free for everyone if oh, these tech God. companies paid their taxes. Or if yeah, or if we could tax the 70 billionaires that live in the walls of San borders of San Francisco alone. Yeah. That was I mean, yeah, the the Muni. I mean, as you know, like we actually in our labor history class, we were both in together. The the head of the Muni Workers Union or Drivers Union was there in in there as well. And like hearing from him was just like really really illuminating, especially because I even I I tend, obviously I like to think I'm aware of this of shit like this, but I did not realize how little Muni drivers were getting paid, even like, and it's absolutely squarely on like the responsibility of. You know, the guy, the supervisor at the time in 2010, who's now coming back as Mayor Breed's chief of staff, Sean mm. Ellsburn, and then Spur, which is like this urbanist think tank, yeah. has a lot of cachet in like, you know, we're like, we talk about housing and equitable development and stuff like that. And, you know, like, it's like, it's like, and, you know, they're like the policy. They have this very shiny reputation as a policy think tank. They have these like lavish parties and everything. Ooh like panels and stuff like that like yeah they have like a really sweet setup they get a lot of money it's coming i believe some of it comes from developers but anyway um but the spur and ellsburn like put this ballot measure forward in 2010 and they've they've they lied. They lied to people. They told people with this proposition, they were like, listen, like it's a recession and the muni workers are getting a raise. And no one else was getting a raise. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's not fair. So that's how they marketed it. And the muni, um, the raises, the pay raises were basically baked into the city charter, which other public sector union workers' raises weren't. But the muni workers' union was like, we're fine with taking it out of the charter. So that's not really what it was. They were saying, oh, they were trying to like basically say, oh, it's a recession. Everyone's suffering, but these guys are suffering slightly less, so let's make them suffer as much as the rest of us. And, you know, they promised Spur, you know, being like the transit wonk, you know, think tank, whatever the fuck. Or like, oh, there's this community's gonna flourish. You're gonna see so much new service, etc. We're we're gonna have a but we're gonna get out of a budget hole and everything will be like it's gonna be amazing. And they sold it that way, and they sold it on the point that oh, it's not fair that the these guys get a raise guaranteed in the city charter and no one else does. Um, and even though that's not the part that they objected to, the part that the unions correctly objected to was that they put in all of these provisions and like that that were like you have to accept forced private arbitration and all this bullshit, which is what they really wanted to do. Like, they wanted to crush unions or whatever. I mean, and it passed. And since then, it's been harder and harder. Like, they've just shoved this private arbitration down muni workers' throats to the point Mm. where, like, if you're a muni driver, you can't, you, you get paid, like, $36,000. $36,000. You don't get paid the full salary you're supposed to make until like, I think it was like, it used to be 18 months and now it's five years. <sighs> and like, that's how it went from, from 2010 to 2018. And it's absolutely related to that, to that stuff. And you know, this guy is back in the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. Spur is like, you know, with the rise of the, the Yimby, you know, quote unquote movement or whatever. Um, if they still have as much cash, they have as much access. Good morning. Good morning. The current time, let's see, 10.28 a.m. Again, I'm late again. That alarm clock is not working very well. Anyways, this is, uh, you're listening to the Hear Me Out podcast at Mutiny Radio FM. Going to get ready for my show. 
I have an hour and a half left with you guys, so I'm gonna go to the liquor store and grab some coffee and some and some stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know what to say. But I've kind of noticed that this podcast has been at around a twelve, so I'm gonna try to break out of a twelve and change the style up a little bit. Um, yeah, let's listen to some music, and I'll talk to you a little bit just about some stuff, but. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, just going to go to the store and I'll be right back. BRB.
Yo guys, you're listening to the Hear Me Out podcast. Tune in at pcrcollective.org. Current time, 10.33 a.m. Very excited to be here. We have overcame the winter depression. The cloudy skies are gone. The rain is gone. We needed that rain for those reservoirs. Um, We needed that to to, uh, water our grass, our trees... To avoid natural forest fires, we need the rain. So, uh, we need the rain. It is not raining. I don't know. What is discotheque raining? I don't know. I think there was cocaine there, though. So, yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, you know, I, I care about, I care about my style. I care about, I care about myself. I care about my style. I'm a bit, uh, confused if I qualify as urban edgy, um, I don't know if, if that's what I'm going for, urban edgy, but I think the 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 line between edgy and not edgy is this: two leather jackets, first leather jacket, shot jacket, shot jacket with two lapels on each side. That is edgy. Not edgy. A leather jacket with one leather. Okay, you've seen this. You've seen this around the city. You've seen people just wearing one leather jackets. It's just like a, it's just like a sweater, but it's just like leather material. So that is that is one leather, and a shot jacket has like has like a V kind of shape, like a V with like lapels and like silver, silver, uh, silver little thingies. But but yeah, you're not edgy urban if you're wearing one leather and you'll notice this when asian men and white men get over the age of 50 they wear one leather so their one leather is just one piece of leather with with a line through it so that is the distinction of edgy urban versus not edgy urban what else to talk about i'm sitting here with my simply lemonade it looks pretty cool it's pink and oh look there's uh there's raspberry and there's lemon it's interesting it's very interesting to think like hey you know like lots of these stuff that are labeled at stores you actually believe them like for face value you're like oh there's raspberries and lemon in this lemonade but lo and behold we read the back we read the back this is simply lemonade one leather with raspberry raspberry lemonade raspberry lemonade Let's see what it has. Cane sugar, lemon juice, raspberry puree, natural flavors. Beautiful. Um, so that is my uh, that is my spiel on one leather versus shot jacket. Um, didn't prepare many jokes. However, I have a whole list of vinyl records for you guys to listen to. That first song was called Boogie Cafe, The Grooves. And uh, next record is called uh, Fusion by Rocher. Um, so yeah, I don't. That's that's kind of the that's kind of the main point of uh, my sentence. There is that you know some some guys wear one leather, ages forty and above, and people that are edgy urban uh, wear shot jackets or faux leather. There's several. There are several um, types of faux leather. There's kind of unleaded, and then there's your Urban Outfitters faux leather there, but that's premium. And then 
your most premium supremium would be like a shot jacket which is like three hundred dollars um but really what 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 constitutes urban edgy guys what what is urban edgy is urban edgy is urban edgy filling your google calendar with with uh meetings events coffees is urban edgy driving a cool car is it is it eating at the coolest restaurants the most dimly lit restaurants gastronomical tasting menus what is the cool style that people really like today what do people like i don't know what 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 kind of styles are people into like i'm a i'm a recreation parks and tourism major and that has kind of filled my quota for my rei shopping habit my rei window shopping habit um so yeah like what's the style guys like what's the style are we wearing one leather are we wearing a shot jacket uh what are we doing are we wearing earth tones like what's the style we need to know we need to know what the style is and we all need to we all need to live the same cool lifestyle it's quite interchangeable you know do some work check some emails go out for a coffee with a friend go back home take a nap check some more emails do some work go to a uh, gastronomic restaurant so uh that's a little spiel there we're gonna talk a little bit more i'm trying to get out of 12 i think i'm gonna tone this little thing down i'm gonna tone this little thing down to like a like an let's say like a nine like an eight let's get to an eight we're gonna get to an eight and we're gonna listen to a couple records here next record fusion by rocher Okay, uh, so as Lazy Chalker here, Leonard, aka Lenny Co, Leonard Cohen, um, I understand that there's a public and private version to all the shit that I'm doing. My identity is is separated between a public and private version. So things that I say are broadcast. Enjoy that. Um, things that I say and broadcast that are not okay. Still enjoy that. Um, people watching my YouTube. I have like 15 subscribers, probably more than that in the public version, but the private version is pretty awesome. So let us, uh, let us, let us maintain the spread and, uh, keep this traction up guys. Bart B more traction, flexing of the five fingers, Jeffrey paradise.
Yo, this is Lazy Chalker with the Hear Me Out Podcast. And speaking to the Isle of Wight, a disturbing event that occurred in, I don't know, I think that was like 1967 or something. Um, Isle of Wight, okay, and now it's 2019. Okay, but Isle of Wight WordPress blog, I have a dog, wow. What an interesting two years I've had with that blog. It started off as like a personal manifesto of like, hey guys, I'm like a music blogger and I love music and you know, like I love to uh, create cult fiction. It developed and got more and more heavy as it, as time went on, as time went on, I was actually using the mobile version of WordPress to like update the blog, um, to update the blog mobily. So I was essentially playing Pokemon Snap all throughout the most expensive city in the United States, San Francisco. There was a few, there was a few, there was a few posts in there. Of course, there was a little write button and you just click publish and write. There was a few, there was a few um, posts there that were a little uncalled for and a little bit, um, a little bit fucked up and uncalled for. Uh, a couple of them, I think the most fucked up one was, I think out of, there were 10,435 posts. And of course the Illuminati's like, Hey Paulo, that shit was hell annoying. Uh, we're going to bug you on your Wi-Fi for a little bit. I don't think people would just be bugging me just because, uh, cause a scene or jungleism scene or what have you. But the most fucked up, um, the most fucked up blog post was wait for it. Three, two, one. A Filipino with Malcolm X glasses because he knows who he is. What the fuck, man? You are Filipino, but you don't like Filipinos. That's fucked up, man. You just made fun of a Filipino with Malcolm X glasses because he knows who he is. Dude, come on. That's 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 almost even as bad as saying, "Oh, adapting your face to your personality." Another another fucked up one. I'll probably do top five, just so I can, just so you guys know. I mean, if you have a dog, uh, dude, shout out to you if you have a dog. That's dope. What a ubiquitous name. I have a dog. Wow. We all have dogs. Okay. The next one is just because you are white and have pointed eyebrows on the sides doesn't mean you're poetic wow what the fuck after i posted that joke all the white men just like snip their snip the left and right sides of their eyebrows wow dude just because you're white wait repeat let's repeat that that was a messed up blog post just because you're white and you have uh pointed pointed eyebrows on the side doesn't mean you're poetic wow that just that just fucked up white men's lives Paolo, you just fucked up white men's lives they really embrace their pointed eyebrows on the side you know they really love when it's pointed they look poetic they look very jack london uh jack kerouacky um you know and filipinos with malcolm x glasses what are we supposed to do now we know ourselves and i wear malcolm x glasses like what else what's another fucked up one hmm Okay, here's another fucked up blog post from the Isle of Wight. Here we go. Three, two, one. Here we go. An article, urban planning. P. 
people in certain buildings don't let other people into their building. Urban planning. Wow, that's fucked up and obvious. Yeah, dude, some people just don't let motherfuckers into their, into their, uh, into their. That's how an urban environment works. Come on, man. That's like the essence of urban planning. Like we all like pay rent here. I doubt my parents pay my rent, but we are all in a city. We all pay rent and we're all trying to have friends over at our house, but we don't necessarily let certain people into our house. Like a rich white family in Pacific Heights won't let a, me- a group of Mexican 20-year-olds into their house. It's just not going to happen. So that's urban planning. I have two more burning blog posts in my soul. What else is there? A six. Now that was funny. A successful white archaeologist. That was funny. Van Gogh is a cool white character. We know that. We know that one. She is or he is on a bike. That's a cool one. That's a pretty cool one. Um, but like if we're speaking to two more fucked up ones, um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, I'm trying to think into my archive. Whew. All right. I have a dog WordPress. What's another funny one? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was walking down Valencia street and I saw this girl wearing like harem pants and I just, I, I, I was on the uh, mobile version of WordPress and I typed, yay, harem. I just, I just, I just uh, celebrated to harem, to wearing harem pants. Um, of course, harem pants appeal to the more crunchy and festival type. Um, harem pants are those type of pants that are like drop crotched and like tapered at the bottom. They look kind of cool, but douchey at the same time. I actually wore harem pants in Barcelona where I had severe perception disorder. So we're not going to talk about Barcelona. However, Plankton's passport. Uh, Paul Picardo, Leonard Cohen, Plankton's passport, and the last, um, and the last fucked up one was. So we have, we have uh, Malcolm X, we have eyebrows, poetic white guy, and then we have urban planning, and then we have Yay Harem, and the last fifth one would be. Here we go. This is number five. The fifth. Uh, this is the fifth uh, messed up post. Oh no, cry. Retire Afro mommy. Woohoo. So, so at the place where I get my haircut in the lower hate, there's this like cool chick with an Afro and like, uh, she, she doesn't work there anymore. So I said, Oh no, cry. Retire Afro mommy. Woohoo. So that was pretty much the extent of the blog. It was a bit, uh, juvenile and, Irresponsible, but oh no, cry, retire Afro mommy, woohoo! So I don't know how you can actually physically retire a hairdresser with an Afro, but uh, let's listen to a couple more records. I hope that I'm breaking into the nine area. If uh, you know, if it, if a, if a situation or moment calls to be changed, try to change it. So we're going from twelve to about nine. We're gonna go to nine and listen to a couple. More records, the next record, Commodores, got to be together here in Meow. Yes. (laughs) 
you're tuning in to the Hear Me Out podcast, tune in at pcrcollective.org. Okay, you you know when you know when older Chinese men and older black men are not fucking around when they wear one leather. That is the contrary to a shot jacket. A shot jacket is like a three leather or a four leather. A one leather means Asian men and black men over the age of forty. That means they're not fucking around. That means they they enjoyed the San Francisco they enjoyed San Francisco in the eighties. Well. Let's see. Let's 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 do our math here. So it's 2020, 1960. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, if if a if an Asian dude or a black guy is wearing one leather, that means they've experienced cooler decades than you. You're li- Sorry, I'm a bit weird, but yeah, that's that's one leather. Yes.
Already, what? Look, what? Free that nigga ten, man. That's all I gotta say, bruh. Do do do, hey. Chasing paper, I'm a paper chaser, but I don't chase haters. I ain't packing tasers, but we got them lasers. Cut off whites and razors, shoot like Lakers. Mama need some acres, so that's why I take her. She get lost up in the hills, you lost up in the river. Ice it, make you shiver. Chop it, make you quiver. Fill it in my Tune into the AltaCast right after me. Actually, no. No AltaCast. I'm actually interviewing Pam Benjamin. Expect a video interview on the YouTube channel Pink Lemonade. Her show, AltaCast, is not going to air. We're going to be conducting an interview, video interview. So tune in, pcrcollectors.org. Fully budding with the goofies, man, that bitch of groupie bitches want to do me. I be getting droopy, all white like I'm Snoopy, shoot like Call of Duty. Like my bitch is moody and a little goofy, she gon' tote the oofy, stand up, got a movie. Boy, I'm rockin' Gucci, junkies need they snack like Scooby, he gon' disappear, go poofy, nigga, whoa. Homies got them wheels, never gonna squeal, we just need a meal. That's the Ideal bullets made it still finish your ass. I still for my homies. I kill making bills. Nigga sipping on that sour, leaning like some towers, slaving for them hours just to get some flour. Clear a nigga Bowser, uh, spit it. He just like I'm Bowser, whip it like I'm chowder, smoking cauliflower. My just came, just took a money shower.
This is your host, Lazy Chalker, with the Hearing Me Out podcast. I'm actually craving some shumai right now. I love dim sum. Don't we all love dim sum? I was, uh, of course, sometimes, you know, like, sometimes we watch Netflix to get inspired a little bit. The Lazy Susan was created here in Chinatown in San Francisco. Interesting fact. But I'd love some shumai. I'd love some hagao. I'd love some hagao. I love it when those little Chinese ladies uh, just, like, push their carts around and they're like, they scream something in Chinese. They're like, shumai in Chinese. You just wave them down. You're like, I want some. So that is dim sum. Um, yeah, well, what else can we talk about? We're here at Mutiny Radio FM, 2781, 21st Street. Call in at 415-550-0511. One leather. Again, 415-550-0511. Tune in at pcrcollective.org. One leather. They're wearing... Um, what can we talk about? I'm trying to break out of 12. We're getting to nine here. We're going to try to get to nine. Okay. We're going to try to get to nine. Okay. Um, I don't know. Should we unveil the, uh, the places where police hide? I don't know where the police hide. If you're driving down Lincoln, there'll be a policeman, uh, with his, uh, radar gun on Lincoln street. Um, 280 near San Bruno. There's usually cops hiding there. <laughs> what else? Um, don't turn left on Masonic and fell. You will get caught by the police. Um, what else? What other spots? Don't buy drugs on 22nd and Bartlett. That's a little hot spot there. Um, it's not just because I'm Asian that I know these things. I'm not like an Asian guy with an export import car. I don't have one of those things that can detect where police are, but that's where they hang out. That's where they hide. Um, what else can we talk about guys? I don't really know. Let's listen to a couple more records. I have nothing else to say, really. I've already talked about WordPress, One Leather, I've spoken about Dim Sum Shumai. I'm craving some Shumai right about now. But yeah, let's listen to a couple more records. This is Lazy Chalker with the Hear Me Out podcast.
This is Lazy Chalker with the Hear Me On Podcast. This last couple records. Name, sorry. I'm eating a ham and cheese croissant. I'm eating a ham and cheese sandwich with hot Cheetos on the side, so bear with me. <clears throat> so I have some hot Cheetos and a ham and cheese sandwich. A liquor store diet. Um, this last track's... Um, Ooh, let's see. Uh, DJ B, don't sleep. Uh, Skymark, change our way before and after. Before that, Boogie Cafe, the grooves. Let's listen to. Let's keep listening to music. I'm chilling right now. Got my sandwich. Got a Sammy and some flaming hot Cheetos. So enjoy the rest of the podcast.
You're listening to the <clears throat> You're listening to the Hear Me Out podcast at pcrcollective.org.
wiggle.
listening to the hear me out podcast at pcrcollective.org Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. at mutinyradio.fm it's a great place to listen to crazy things subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control brings you the best coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind bending local bands and shows at venues all over san francisco and the bay area subliminal sf is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes. Every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. Tune in radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God. There's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes. You can also find us on social media. M as in Mary. L as in Larry. P as in Peter. Podcast. MOV Podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That, that kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 